Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to the Latin Rouge Cycling Podcast presented by Zwift here with Benji for a triple header. Belwaza a Belgium tour finishes a little bit late, so we'll do Swiss Slovenia Occitanie with Swiss being the main attraction of the day. Hard mountaintop finishing finishing in Liechtenstein actually to Melbourne. Eight and a half Ks, nine point two percent short tunnel that's flat. And then another two, three Ks that kick up that were pretty steep. They also do the Lukmanir Pass. 30Ks at 5%, hot conditions, uh, full sang in the leaders' jersey, but only one COVID positive this morning, which improbable, but only one COVID positive, rider pulling out. So I think it was Marco Haller on Bora Hansgrass. So, yeah, that was interesting, but that's what it was. The race continued, which I guess is good for the race. So the question was, could Higita take time? Vlasov out, but could he take enough time? Could Thomas hold on before the TT? Could Fulsang take more time on him? And who would win from the break? And we had your man, Benji, who was banged up and probably, I think he was at pretty long odds in the break. Yonizagira, but he had the opposite weather that he wanted. Yes, certainly. The rain man was not in the rain today. Hardcore sun on him today, but he was not the only man in that breakaway. The likes of Apino, like we mentioned yesterday, I think you mentioned him as a guy that could possibly in the breakaway, but the issue there was that he was relatively close in GC on six minutes and a half, roughly. So we know when that happens that the peloton will have to control at some point near that six minute mark, and that's exactly what happened with the likes of Israel pacing throughout the stage and keeping that gap at about four and a half minutes, roughly, and then lowering it towards the last 30, 20 kilometers to about five, three minutes when they started the final climb is what I would say. But did you see um, did you see Zagiri Arpino winning from that breakaway when you uh, popped on the TV? I mean, didn't did Thibaut win back in the day in the Tour de France in hot summer conditions uh, when he won one of the stages? I, did, I actually thought Pino, he was the favorite for the stage. He was actually $4. Uh, but... And Izaguirre is kind of banged up. But I was looking back and thinking, what are Bora going to do? I said yesterday, and people think I have some sort of agenda against Bora Hansgrohe. I said on the pod yesterday, <laughs> I was like, Agita's the best climber left here. He should drop everybody on the climb. Um, so they should back him up. What are they going to do with Shackman and Groshan? Do they really want to have three guys in the top 10 or shoot their shot for the guy to win the race overall? Could Israel really pace hard enough? No. Like, if we switched Martinez onto Israel, I think that makes a really big difference in how this race plays out. But what we had in the final was, this was vintage Skytrain. Like, down to, this was literally like watching one of Thomas wins back in the day, <laughs> um, or Froome. Like, Frailer goes on the front. They got the most domestiques. They can dictate the pace. It's a long, hard climb. The other teams don't have the quality to lift the pace or Bora choose not to early with Sharkman and Groschartner. And, yeah, like what can teams do? Like Fulsang's just stuck, Benji. He can't attack early unless he's lucky if someone like Remco attacks early. 
Yes, certainly. And that's exactly what occurred there. Like a scenario where Full Sun can attack needs to be a scenario where he either can drop every domestique in that attack and then the GC leader from the opposing team has to respond instantly. Or there needs to be a, a scenario where he's got men to do that for him, men to thin out the group that's with him, thin out the domestiques of the other people. And that's also not the case here because they spend a lot of energy pacing or keeping the gap controlled on the flat beforehand as well when it comes to Israel. So lost a few um, margins of their energy there. But yeah, Remco attacked. He decided to go for a bit of a move. Fulsang responded to that, which I don't know. I found that weird. I don't know why. It's like Remco was too far in GC to actually matter for Fulsang. Or perhaps he was like, perhaps I can use Remco to pace for me while we've got Ineos pacing for... Well, Danny Martinez, basically, at that point. Or was it still someone else for Ineos? I think it was Martinez, and he came, he chased them down. Full Sang didn't fully commit. And then Martinez kept pacing, kept pacing, kept pacing. He kind of weirdly, he made a mistake, I think, at the end of his pull. He finished his pull really hard with a little kick, and it kind of gapped Thomas a little bit. And in that lull, Igita attacks. And this is perfect for Thomas because Thomas is on full Sang's wheel. He's not so concerned about Higita. He's going to smoke him in the TT and he's already a little bit behind him. And so he knows, well, maybe he, he's gambling. Will full Sang chase Higita up the road? Izagira goes, looks like he's going to win. Benji's going to be a genius. Unfortunately, Thibaut Pino resurrected himself, came back, danced past him at 2.6Ks to go, went on to win the stage, kind of, um, he better have won the stage because no one was helping. Reichenbach didn't help Kuhn. Pino didn't help Kuhn all week. Like, what is Reichenbach doing? Oh, maybe I missed it. Like, I'm looking down. Yeah, that makes no sense. Reichenbach not helping Kuhn. But anyway, maybe if Kuhn had a different passport, it might be different. Oh, no, Reichenbach's Swiss. What am I talking about? Just weird all around. Um <laughs> yeah, so Pino wins the stage, huge win for him. He won at the Alps, and now he's winning a World Tour stage before going for the King of the Mountains, apparently, in Tour de France, so he's in very good shape for that. Uh, and But then back in the GC group, it played out perfectly for Thomas Benji. Full sang pacing, he sat in the entire time. This looked like vintage Thomas tactics. Waited, 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 waited. Aguita out in front, and the draft still matters a little bit on this finish. Aguita with a nice little gap of 15 to 20, and then Thomas last 500-meter kick. Surge in the saddle, closes the gap very as much as possible, gaps full sang, and pretty much wraps up GC without any problems tomorrow with uh, Aguita. So Pino wins the stage, but Aguita, he finished 11 seconds out of Thomas, as I expected. Like, if you look at his Pratitativo, 35, 40-minute form last year, and his weight on the steep gradients against the caliber of Thomas and full sang, he should be doing this. So good result from him. But the first time I've seen him out front in a climb like this, and it, it, he paid a little bit. He flagged, I think, out front. And then it was full sang on uh, 20 seconds to Igita. Pot so nice on about 30. And then Powerless 219. Avon Apollo dropped. And Kuhn was on 259. So he lost a fair bit uh, today. But Thomas doesn't go into the leader's jersey. He gives it over to Igita. This is literally the perfect day for Ineos Benji. Like classic tactics. They couldn't have hoped for it better. Yes, certainly. On paper, it's beneficial that he's not in Lisa jersey so that he doesn't need to wear the skin suit of the organizers in that time trial that's coming up. But on the other hand, if we're really honest, the time trial skill of Thomas versus Higita and Fulsang should be able to secure it regardless of the skin suit that he's wearing, in my personal opinion. So 
that wouldn't have moved the needle that much on paper unless he has a really bad day or Hikito has the best time trial of his life that's like outstanding like Thomas should have this in the bag based on the positions that we have currently but the climbing was kind of how expected but I um I have I, I said Thomas yesterday but when it comes to Hikita's finish that spicy attack Thomas needs to keep it more tempo until he can try and bridge in the final like you mentioned and he uh tried to do that he got closer towards the end brought it to 11 seconds like you mentioned but I feel like it's the scenario that was kind of predictable from the start, this race scenario. Break winning because Ineos isn't pacing because they don't need to. They are fine with their position. Israel doesn't have the manpower to make sure the break is in check, so that break goes to the victory. And then in the end, the only thing you indeed spoke about is could Bora have done anything more to increase the gap between Higita and Thomas here? And I think they could have. They could have played it differently on the final climb, but I don't think it would have moved that much either, to be honest. Yeah, maybe they could have set up his attack a little bit more, but maybe Igita couldn't go from further out. Like, he was flagging a little bit at the end, and if he does attack and he's pacing against Martinez with 5Ks to go, he risks maybe even losing time. So, Ineos perfection and Thomas looking set to win GC. In terms of third, though, Pung is on... Let me look. 2.19. So, he's two minutes behind full Sang. I don't think he can. he make up two minutes in 25 Ks? Nah. It, well, Full Sang's not a rookie either, you know? Nah. And yeah. if he Reichenbach paced for Kung today, if Pinot paced for Kung yesterday, they might have been 20 ish seconds closer, perhaps. So yeah. it still wouldn't have mattered, I think. So it's top five for Stefan Kung, probably. Actually, Nelson Paulus time trial is going to be pretty good for yep. fourth, I think. And motivated oh, to move that's up a minute spot. or three. Pozzo Vivo and Reichenbach. Pozzo depends on his day, but on paper, Kung should be able to get 42 seconds on on Pozzo. So I think Kung will end top five and through the Swiss, which is bloody fantastic. Crazy. And he'll want the stage win, most importantly, I think, tomorrow. So he'll be going full gas, 25Ks from Vaduz to Vaduz in Liechtenstein. I think it's the capital. It's a bit rolly. Intermediate split at 12 and a half. We've got Avenapol, who got dropped again today. But, I mean, he did a good TT in Algarve and got dropped. So who knows? Like, I still think he's going to top three the TT tomorrow. The favourites being Sharkman, Kung, and Thomas. Um but yeah, Kung, this is a great opportunity for him, him to win uh, another World Tour TT. And Thomas, yeah, to get the job done. And big points on offer. Full Sang will want to move up from third to second. Like, I know I know we talk points, 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 points. But third to second is actually in GC a big, a big jump. So he'll be super motivated, even if maybe the win is not... Um, you know, is a little out of reach, like mm -hmm. Israel are coming back. But before we get into uh, their predictions for tomorrow, I mentioned our show partners. Zwift, finding a social group on Zwift has never been easier. Zwift has recently refreshed their pace partners, and now it's easier than ever to drop into a group that suits the pace you're looking for. Pace partners are bots that ride at a consistent pace on a particular route and are a great way of riding with a group at an intensity that suits you. These are across Watopia as well as Mercury Islands with power ranging from one watt per kilo average all the way to four and a half watts per, per kilo. So you can hop in with a pace partner whenever you like and for however long you like. You can give it a go today with a free seven-day trial from Swift.com. So predictions, Benji, to the Swift's final TT who you got? 
I think I'm going to go with Remco probably for the time trial. Had to think for a bit because like King versus Remco, Remco's form and so forth, but I'm going to go with Remco either way. I'm going to go with Stefan Kung. I think it's the perfect length for him, similar length to Europeans. I think he'll, I think he'll get the job uh, done at Swiss. And I think Thomas will obviously crash all mechanical notwithstanding, take to the Swiss GC, which is huge win from him and a guy had to fight pretty hard i think with his contract with Ineos at the end of last year um yeah big win for him and he's looking like their tour de france leader with yates covid martinez not as good as him at swiss here like first week that suits him crazy he's back well at least back at a really really good level uh but we'll go to slovenia now which was a bit of a cakewalk to be honest for um Pagacha again same thing mountaintop finish today and Pagacha and Micah just rode away from everybody um <laughs> Micah pacing and they were doing it easy they were kind of clowning in the last kilometer they did rock pack and scissors for the win and Pagacha gifted the stage to Micah and he's still three seconds ahead of him on GC before tomorrow's station over Mesto. 2Ks, 9%. The Triska Gora climb, I don't know what Pog is going to do. Is he going to attack again there? He obviously can, but then he need to keep it up on the descent. Might be a day to let the breakaway win. I don't think Gronavegan's getting over that, but what have you learned in Slovenia, Benji? I'm struggling to find any, like insights from it whereas like two to swiss like oh thomas is looking really good for ineos their tdf leader slovenia just is like training for pog yeah there's not too much in it is it because like when we see pogacar slapping people in this race it's because on paper he should be slapping them by like a lot so he's probably breaking all the clumps to make sure micah can follow so they can give the stage to micah at certain points so i think um I just feel like the only thing I got out of this was that Micah's in an okay form for the tour. And whether that's good okay or meh okay is impossible to digest from this race, I think. But hey, Pogacar's training camp was uh, visible on TV this time around. And uh, hey, that happened. So that's the Tour of Slovenia for you. Should they move the Tour of Slovenia? I don't think Pog and Rog want to do it together at the same time. And okay. I mean, yeah, this... I'm thinking about points. Why didn't Bike Exchange send, like, where's Lucas Hamilton? Is he racing? Like, there were some free points at uh, Tour of Slovenia. Like, third on GC is Novak. Albanese is fourth on GC. Like, yeah. Anyway, it's just not many. Only Bahrain, UAE, and um, Astana are here and uh, Bahrain. But, yeah. And bike exchange, sorry. Anyway, Route d'Occitanie was the next stage. We had 34K stage yesterday. Today, we actually had a mountaintop finish, and Benji was all over it because his man, one of his favorite young riders, C-Rod, was in the action. And not sure he was Rodriguez today. Well, he was uh, the Rodriguez because he's also next to Christian Rodriguez, who is also in this race. So, again, the 1v1 that we always see between (laughs) us. Yes, Christian Rodriguez got dropped by Carlos Rodriguez on today's race. But how did it happen? We basically had a a stage with three climbs, but the last one is a very long one that basically is two climbs after each other with a, a tiny bit of a, I don't know, not a valley, but like a plateau section in between is what I would call it. But on that fast 11.1k, uh, climb at 6.2%. The call is RS was basically any else pacing for Carlos Rodriguez at a pretty high tempo, to be honest. And it brought the group down to like 
10 riders, but there were still like two domestiques for Arkea, for Quintana, who is also in that group. And Arkea lit it up and basically dropped everybody uh, except for like Carlos Rodriguez and some other GC leaders. And then after that, Rodriguez attacked that group. And that is Carlos Rodriguez. And basically everybody except for Woods was dropped at that point, including Quintana. So that Arkea move did not really uh, go as planned, I would say. And from that point onwards, they just rode over the top of that climb, went to the final climb. And on that climb, it was a bit too steep or a bit too hard for uh, Rodriguez himself because Michael Woods was better and straight up dropped him. And towards the end of the climb, it became tense because Carlos Rodriguez was about to be caught by Herrada and Valverde on the line. And he only had like one second left on the line on those two riders. So Woods taking it, Carlos Rodriguez in second and Herrada, Valverde uh, one second later. So I think, um, well, Israel doing good, eh? Like, it's crazy. I know they're coming back. It's like education first. Paulus is looking good, and now we got they got Woods, Fulsang, Impy stage win, Hugo all pacing, and Nayland's looking good. It's a whole of team performance looking good, and they need it. And by my calculations, which are not my calculations, they're rules calculations on lanternrouge.com.au. Uh, they are going to be closing a huge gap to Lotto Sudal and an even bigger like gap close because Lotto are still scoring to uh, Bike Exchange who are really struggling. And this hasn't been updated because the GC results aren't in yet. But right now, Israel are quick maths 950 behind Bex. They are 670 behind Lotto Sudal. With the GC of Fulsang, if he goes into second tomorrow with Woods, they're closing that gap by a half in in a day. Well, not in a day, in a week or so. And they've still got maybe the tour. Fulsang is looking in sort of shape where he can... Fulsang can top 10 GC at the tour, I think. But are they sending Woods as well? That's what I'm confused about. What, what can Mike Woods do at the tour, Benji? Oh, I think... Um... When you look at the parkours that are available, I feel like there's some transitioning stages where he could be in the breakaway, but I also fear that they might be able to force him into a... Oh, they, they can't force Woods into a, a GC battle, right? Like, the cobble stage being there and so forth, I don't see that happening. Exactly. So it, it's, it has to be transitioning breakaways and perhaps a mountain breakaway somewhere. But like you said, bridging the gap to Lotto and you know, I think Swiss is like, 500 points for the winner, but Fulsang ain't going to be far behind there. So, yeah, like you said, it's going to be a, a big leap for them. But when it comes to the tour, I don't know. I think Fulsang is definitely their GC rider there, unless Chris yeah, Froome I think so. pops, out of a, <laughs> a pops out of his resurrection right here. <laughs> I hope, yeah, for my wallet. Yeah, Froome's competing for the podium. Imagine the videos. Um, but I don't, unfortunately, I don't think it's happening. Maybe Thomas can do it. Um, that'll help with the British interest. But yeah, I think full sang's a man for GC, but it's weird. Like I know people say, Oh, it's a disgrace. The point system is taking well, first of all, it sent Woods. We're having a battle between Woods and Rodriguez at Occitany. That's like that's good entertainment um in a two dot one race. And listen, I think there's a lot of problems with the uh with the point system, <laughs> notwithstanding the fact that apparently if you're affected by COVID, it shouldn't affect your points. So good luck, the UCI, navigating that minefield because Bike Exchange have had Herald Sun Tour Tour Down Under Cadell's Torquay cancelled for a two years straight where they'd normally score points. So 
how have they not been affected by COVID? But that aside, I think we are seeing good racing and good start lists at these smaller races, which is maybe the unintended or intended consequence, whichever one that, well, the UCI wants to say, of this. And tomorrow's stage, yeah, it looks like a sprint stage, to be honest, at Occitanie, uh, where Max Cantor surely Movistar will try again against Jan Abarastri on Trek and Bonifacio on Total. I'm sure I'm missing another sprinter, but yeah, Woods should take the lead and Viviani really like to see Viviani needs to be needs to be winning that oh no Demar forgot he was here he will clean it <laughs> sorry everybody uh but Demar will be winning tomorrow's stage one would think but yeah I don't know well the point I was making about the points was I don't think it's necessarily just points why you shouldn't take Woods to the tour like shouldn't he be preparing for more suitable targets for him because I don't think the parkour at the tour really suits him and they have full sand going for GC there. Well, if you think about the possible options they have, what races during the Tour de France are available for him to score points at? Yes, you're looking at like one-week races that are in between there, but I'm actually not sure about the parkours for them. But I'm thinking about Italian classics then, and those are later in the year and instead of the Vuelta. So is the Vuelta then the better option over the Italian classics? I think this year Italian Bologna. classics is the... Uh... I'd get him to That's peak for week Bologna. after tour, right? Yeah, or... so he could properly prepare with an altitude camp for Polonia and top three it. Hmm. Or is it too, I, is it not hard enough for Woods? I think it should be. Is there a time trial again? That might be troublesome. <laughs> That's the thing. And, you know, if Almeida goes again, Remco goes, descends, of course, <laughs> to Tricky Parkour. But yeah, anyway, um, it's definitely, there's a lot of racing on at the moment. It's actually going to be easier for us during the tour. Tomorrow it all wraps up and then we have pretty much no racing we'll obviously have the tour de france preview dropping in about a week uh next weekend before the tour i'm sure as we'll post it every favorite will pull out with something no hopefully god forbid but that's been our luck this year but you have to do a preview early and yumbo visma are back at team uae i don't know i just hope COVID doesn't affect it benji because uae yumbo ineos bora top four teams already been affected pretty badly by it. But that's all from us today. And we'll see you with the recaps of Swiss Occitanie, Slovenia, and Bauwaza, which is finishing it late tomorrow. Ciao. Where's that dust coming from? Still finding debris after vacuuming? UVX 10 Pro Omni Robot Vacuum has 8,000 PA of powerful suction to remove debris deep in carpets. And it's totally hands-free. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com. That's eufy.com and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799.